We look forward to seeing you at Two Days of Truth being presented by Beyond Labels. It's our fourth annual Two Days of Truth Summit. This year's theme is Detox is for Everybody. We're bombarded by everything from chemtrails to EMFs to pesticides, herbicides, even uh, toxic people. We're going to deal with all of these aspects at the Two Days of Truth Summit coming up. Sina, give us the final information. I'm really excited about this summit. I think this is going to be our best one yet. It's June 14th and 15th at Polyface Farm. We have some fantastic speakers like Sayer G, the founder of Green Med Info, uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, who's been featured by Wise Traditions lately, Hilda Labrada-Gore, affectionately known as Holistic Hilda, you and me, of course, we also have, for the first time ever, a kids and teens program. So now the adults can enjoy the adult side while they know that their kids and their teens are having fun while also being educated by Joel, myself, and Hilda. It's going to be a blast. And this year, what we're going to do is we're going to actually teach you ancient and modern techniques for how to detoxify the body, mind, and spirit. And we're going to help you put together a personalized plan like an action plan that you can take home and start. As soon as you arrive home, you can implement this action plan and start your detoxing. You know, listen, folks, Polyface is only eight hours from half of the U.S. population. Take a long weekend, come join us, and uh, you'll rub shoulders with other like-minded people, find our tribe, and be encouraged. It's a lonely place out there lots of times, especially if you're a bit of a maverick. So come and spend time with other mavericks and get encouraged, inspired, and enthused about living a more healthy life. So I love the topic for this year, detoxification. It is one of the most important topics that we could ever address at our health summit. Because as Joel mentioned, everyone, every single person needs to know how to detoxify their body, mind, and spirit in order to achieve optimal health and wellness. Initially, we were scared. And that's when we realized it's the fear. The fear is going to make us sick, you know, not, not just from COVID, but the fear will make us chronically sick, you know, from all kinds of chronic and autoimmune diseases. Fear is the underlying root cause of these diseases. Welcome everyone to another podcast of Beyond Labels with yours truly, Joel Salatin and Dr. Sina McCullough. We're excited today to bring you, a, I think, a, a positive story uh, primarily from Cena's perspective on how she navigated her family through COVID. And uh, she's calling this how we kick COVID's butt. Um, <laughs> and, and so I don't know if that's offensive to anybody, but, uh, but anyway, um, you know, in, in a time when folks are, are very fearful and almost paranoid about all of this, um, we thought it was, a, it was a good time to kind of bring a, a very a personal testimony of, of encouragement and authenticity and inspiration for folks to, to kind of get a, a, a little bit of a, of a bulleted protocol, if you will, um, on how to move forward. So, uh, Cena, the floor is yours and start telling us how you were able to conquer this, this, uh, this unconquerable, uh, deadly thing. Okay. Thanks, Joel. Okay. So my family uh, contracted COVID or came down with COVID about six months ago. And I was going to just basically explain what we did leading up to COVID and then how we handled it and also how we got rid of um, long haul COVID or what they call long COVID, you know, how we, how we made sure we didn't have any long hauler symptoms. Um, this was a protocol that I created before we got COVID and I modified it as needed um, while we were sick. Now, I do want to say that this episode is not about debating COVID, whether or not COVID exists, or was it a lab leak, or was it 5G? We have Dr. Cowan coming on later, who's going to talk about all that. But right now, this is just, you know, we got COVID symptoms, and this is what we did about it, okay? <laughs> this, this, is, this is just one family's story of, of, a, of a protocol, and you can take it or leave it. Uh, but you know, it, it's good to get these on the table because obviously you, you all had it, you got through it and, and, and through it, I must say, uh, with, with minimal, you know, mineral, minimal disruption. And, um, 
And so th this is simply offered as a as a as a uh, a, a possible path um, as encouragement for everybody else. That's yeah. right. And I'm also going to be sharing some really cool scientific studies that I have found to support some of the remedies that um, that we utilize. So stay tuned for that. Um, okay, so let me start off by saying we all got COVID um, right around July 4th. <laughs> um, so it's been about six months now. And what we had decided, my husband and I decided early on that we figured at some point everyone was going to be exposed to COVID, um, you know, kind of like the Spanish flu, uh, the outbreak of 1918, um, and how we still have descendants of that original virus around today. So what we did was we took precautions and we basically beefed up our um, physical, mental, emotional, and our spiritual health, knowing that at some point we were going to come across COVID. So we did things um, that I'm sure this audience does already. We um, continue to consume nutrient-dense um, foods that are organically grown or regeneratively grown. Um, we also continued on, on our, what I would call as anti-inflammatory diet for our bodies, which means we don't eat any grains and things like refined sugars. We don't eat, we, we try not to eat those. We also um, took some supplements as needed. So I would say probably about twice a week, we would supplement our diets with some vitamin C, some methylated B vitamins and multivitamin and mineral. And of course we went outside to get um, adequate levels of vitamin D to play in nature, you know, to build our microbiome that way by being out in nature. Um, now I will say we don't have a strict structured protocol for, I took this vitamin this many days a week. What I do is tap into my intuition and determine, I listen to the intuition, which tells me what each of my family members needs are at that moment. So does my son need vitamin C right now? If so, what quantity? And so I do that all through my intuition. Um, so this I, does- wait, a minute, wait a minute, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna let you get by with that. Just, just, <laughs> I don't uh, you slide on by. Like- <laughs> slide through, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. So, you know, I've got this, I've got this child. <laughs> And I'm supposed to look at that child and say, you need vitamin C? Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So this would actually probably be a great podcast for us to do is it to would. teach people how to tap into that intuition, because I never used to know how to do that either. You know, and, and let me, let me clarify that we're all born um, in touch with our intuition, right? When you're born, you're the closest you are on earth to God or to whatever you think is the higher power that created you. For me, it's God. So at that moment, you're the closest to God. And my feeling is as we go through life, we become disconnected from our intuition um, in a lot of different ways. Of course, the level of disconnection varies based on the individual. But um, our society at this point, doesn't necessarily promote trusting you in your intuition, right? As Joel, as you're very aware, our society still promotes like logical thinking, trust the science, trust the medical doctors, you know, there is some awakening, right? Uh, so I'm not I'm speaking in generalities at this point, there is some awakening. But by and large, the most people do put their trust, they outsource their trust, yeah, we're 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 a, a um, an extremely empirical uh, empirical society. You know, um, show me the show me the money, show me the show me the proof. Yeah, um, show me the data. And, and, and intuition sounds a lot more, more like faith, or some would call it woo woo. Uh, that's right. and, and that's that's scary. That's scary to an extremely um, to, to a Western to a Western mind. That's very scary. It sounds more Eastern. Yes. And I can completely relate because I was trained in Western medicine, sure. right? Yeah. Same, so, same here. Yes. That was my upbringing. Uh, not only in my schooling and, you know, and family, that's what I was taught and that's what was modeled for me. So sure. I was not in tune with my intuition. I became, 
Well, I wasn't as detached as I would say most people. Okay. Um, but I did become more in tune once I became debilitatingly sick. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, and what happened was all those other quote unquote experts um, couldn't help me. Right. The system failed me. And so I went outside of the system and I realized I was going to have to learn to trust myself and in doing so, learn to listen to my own body. And so, again, this kind of a I don't want to go too deep down this because it's about the COVID protocol. But Uh, if you are if you're interested in this, then let's do a whole episode on this and we can talk about what the intuition really is. Where is it coming from and how you can tap into it? Like with that, do you want to do that? Absolutely. We, we, we definitely we definitely should. All right. So right okay. here, folks, you heard, you heard it for the first time right here as as we discovered our own, uh, you know, our, our own uh, uh, interest. Um, I'm certainly interested in this, uh, you know, uh, for 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 me. And, and normally uh, when we're when C and I are having a discussion, if there's something that we stumble on that's interesting, then <laughs> that's kind of how we decide where to go. All right. So, uh, you, you, so you're, you're, you're looking at your kids, you're looking at your family. We need this, we need that. And so go on with the protocol. Mm-hmm. That's right. So that was the supplements. Um, we also tried to reduce our stress as much as possible. So like we've talked about in previous podcasts, we tried to get off the treadmill as much as possible, removing anything unnecessary from our schedules, any necessary tasks or appointments. We also added more laughter and play into our daily lives. And this would be, even if it just took us like 30 seconds, for instance. So over breakfast, we might just start telling jokes or we might play a board game together, you know, in the evening, or I might just run outside and start chasing the kids around the yard playing tag, right? We're also getting our good vitamin D and breathing in good microbes. So we added in joy and try to reduce the stress. Um, You know, and this is very critical. Don't just overlook this one because stress is the underlying cause of practically every single disease you can name. Um, And then, as I've mentioned, we also tried to increase our microbial diversity. We consumed more probiotics in the form of fermented foods and raw vegetables grown regeneratively, regeneratively or organically. We also increased our intake of raw prebiotics like celery and jicama. Um, And then we started moving our bodies more. We did intentional movement, right? That was to stimulate our lymphatic system to assist in the removal of toxins and to, you know, of course, nourish your joints and whatnot. So it might just be like going for a walk with the kids or doing Pilates, or I like to do yoga with my kids. It's like kids yoga, um, things like that. And we made sure we practiced gratitude. Um, we do this every day anyways, before meals, we express gratitude. We go around the table, we say three things we're grateful for. But what we did was we increased the a number of times that we did express our gratitude. So we would express gratitude during the day. Um, so for me, I think, so that was it, the gist of our pre-COVID preparation plan. And I think this is one of the most under underlooked areas of trying to prevent or treat COVID is we're not focusing on the pre COVID part of it. And so I think that our plan, our preparation, all the effort and the time and the money we spent doing that helped us to mitigate um, the negative effects during COVID and then after COVID. Did you know you can discuss this episode with us and other Beyond Label subscribers? Yep. Simply click on the link in the episode description that says watch and discuss and then share your thoughts below the video. We look forward to hearing from you. Did you know you can discuss this episode with us and other Beyond Label subscribers? That's right, Joel. Simply click on the link in the episode description that says watch and discuss and then share your thoughts below the video. We look forward to hearing from you. You know, uh, Cena, it strikes me as you've as you've laid this out. So uh, so just almost like bullet points. It strikes me as I compare that with, with, well, I'll just, I'll just say, I think the greater culture was running in fear, you know, running in fear from this, 
as opposed to uh, an, a, a very, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to look the enemy in the face and we're going to, and we're going to, we're going to make a, we're going to make a battle plan. You know, we're going to make a battle plan here. And, I, and, um, uh, you know, Zach, Zach Bush would probably fault me for calling COVID a, you know, an enemy, but, but, um, sorry, you know, that, that's my Western. Okay. I'm not, I'm not completely Eastern yet. And, 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 and the, the, the point, the point is that you, you looked at, at that and actually modified in a preemptive way. We're going to, we're going we're gonna to strike preemptively here on this thing. And, uh, and that's a real conscious decision. You know, I don't think, no, nobody except you that I know, nobody that I know has taken this level of, 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 of proactive um, adaptation or, or even confrontation to COVID. It's, uh, it's, it's refreshing, but I'll tell you, it's, it's, uh, it's almost convicting. It's convicting to me because, well, we just we just eat good food all the time. We're out. We're exercising. Um, we have a really strong community. We just don't feel stressed that much. But but to actually um, up up the game here during during this time is um, um, man, you are unusual. That's really something. <laughs> Usually, usually when someone says you're unusual, that's a bad thing, but no, 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 positive. Like, <laughs> totally positive. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think, I think you're, I think you're creating a, you're creating a, 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 a benchmark here that is um, almost unique, but it's, uh, it's highly encouraging and challenging that you can actually, uh, you know, prepare for these things. You can be proactive instead of reactive. I think that's the, that, exactly. Exactly. And and that's what we were trying to do, right? We saw and we saw we were scared. We saw all the fo footage coming out of China and yeah. the news media reporting and all these people dying and the pictures of on the, you know, on the ventilators and um mm -hmm. it was it was scary. It was very scary. And uh, and I mean, now we're not scared, but I'll get into that, but initially we were scared and that's when we realized it's the fear. The fear is going to make us sick, you know, not not just from COVID, but the fear will make us chronically sick, you know, from all kinds of chronic and autoimmune diseases. Fear is the underlying root cause of these diseases, uh, which <laughs> we can get into another podcast going in deep about that, too. But we knew that we knew that instinctively. And so what we decided to do was have a can do perception instead of a, um, you know, Oh, this is coming. I can't do anything about it. I have to stay in my house, I, you know, cover myself up, which we did for a while. I was pregnant and we didn't know what would happen. And so we, you know, we did stay inside for a while um, and took precautions. Um, but while we were doing that, we were also building robust immune systems, you know, uh, robust bodies, robust minds. Um, and, and it, it is that, that emotional component of it, of shifting out of the fear is actually what helped us heal. And, um, so I'll, I'm going to, I wasn't going to do this, but now that you brought it up, let me jump ahead be before I tell you what we did during the protocol. Let me jump ahead to the end. Um, so and I, this is from, I wrote this for an article for the Epic Times. So. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just, if you, if you don't mind, just read to you the end of it, because sure. it's, sure. it's exactly what you're talking about. So this was my section on post-COVID, right? Reflecting back. So as I reflect on my family's healing journey from COVID-19, I'm convinced that while my COVID-19 healing protocol was effective, it was missing a critical piece of the healing puzzle, perception. On day three of our healing journey, my husband and I realized we were unknowingly holding on to the fear of COVID-19. After seeing footage from China and hearing numerous devastating stories on the news, we were afraid. What if we were among the people who seemed healthy, but we died anyway? What if months passed and we we're still sick? At times during the sickness, we began to mentally spiral down the abyss of worry. But we knew that holding on to fear could keep us sick. So we made a pact. 
we decided to change our perception from fear to gratitude. We told our minds and our bodies that the infection was no more serious than the common cold and that we were completely equipped to beat it. We told ourselves we would fully heal. And with that shift in perception, the fear was released, which made room for gratitude. We became grateful that we contracted COVID-19. In fact, every day, our families spoke words of gratitude for being sick and gratitude for the ability of our bodies to fully heal. Now that might sound odd, but until we became sick, we didn't realize how tightly we held on to the fear of what if. However, now we could finally release that fear and experience the mental freedom we had known before the pandemic. We no longer had to worry about if or when we would contract COVID-19 or if we would become a statistic. We had the virus and we would beat it. In that moment of release, a weight was lifted from our bodies. I felt as though for the first time in nearly one and a half years, I could finally take a deep breath. We were all going to be okay. We were safe. Roughly two weeks later, that belief became our reality. It's now been six months and we never worry about COVID. It's in the past. We kicked COVID's butt and never looked back. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. That's just really wonderful. Yeah, it, the, the, um, and I think that that's one reason why people I've talked about, you know, I'd like to go down and get the antibody test to find out if I've had it. I don't know if I've had it or not, but, but you're right. Um, there, there is that, that underlying thing um, of, of waiting, you know, waiting for the assault, you know, waiting for the charge. And, and it's, a, it, even though, even though, you know, people would say, I even take that, that, that I don't take a, People would accuse me of even being flippant, you know, toward COVID. I, I mean, I, I and I, I'm not, but but I just don't trust Fauci. And, and so anybody, anyone that doesn't trust Fauci is considered flippant toward COVID. But deep down in me, gnawing, I know. Well, you know, am I going to be one of those that really gets it bad? Um, you know, in our in our church last month, our our youth pastor guy, he's not that old. And he, he was, he, he got it and he, he was, he was back, you know, he was serious for like, you know, two weeks. And, um, and, you know, when he found out he only had double pneumonia, he said, I celebrated by uh, getting uh, McDonald's French fries. And I'm saying, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, you know, why in the world would you celebrate by getting, you know, so anyway, we haven't had that conversation yet, but, um, but any, <laughs> any, anyway, I, I absolutely get what you're saying that there was that when you finally had it, knew you had it huh well okay finally this is it this is you know and, and so there you you can actually bring up to yourself gratitude well now the enemy has assaulted and now we know what it is and here we are we can be grateful for that that that's a that's a profound a profound release and i can absolutely see um how that would be such a great release yeah, it's literally, and I'll go through now in um, detail what we did while we were sick. But once we shift that perception, that made the biggest difference of all the remedies that we tried. It was once we mentally decided, oh, this is just a common cold, mm -hmm. you know, because you're yeah. in, in the Bible speaks of this, right? Speak life over your body. Right. right. Well, you know, you know, uh, if you'll recall, uh, Sina, back in 20. 19 uh in whatever it was um may uh i was i actually got featured in a washington post yes. uh kind of a hit piece on me because i said bring it on i want it i, I want it and i said that in 2019 in like may right everybody was going absolutely crazy over this i said look i'm healthy i'm i'm i'm, uh, I'm positive uh bring it on let me get it over with and and move on and people thought I was absolutely insane. And in fact, the Washington Post even came and did a big article about this crazy farmer that wanted COVID. And and so now I'm asking you, Cena, was that attitude, was that attitude protective? I think you would say that that attitude was protective. Yeah, hence the title, how I kicked COVID's butt, right? Like yeah, you, right. Um, and I had the same mentality. So not only for COVID, we switched into that mentality of a fighter, right? Like, right. like a boxer right. in a fighting ring. Yeah, but that uh -huh. was the mentality that I had to take on when I was healing from near death from the autoimmune disease. You know, right. it, it wasn't this passive thing. It was every day, it was a fight. You know, I, I still practice the gratitude. 
but it would, I was fighting for my life. And mm -hmm. fortunately I was a competitive athlete for so many years. And so, um, I kind of, it was my husband that helped me move in to that fight space, right? He helped me change my perception because after you're sick for so long, it really starts wearing you down and you start getting like depressed even, you know? And it's like, is this ever gonna end? And I just don't wanna go on like this, this sucks, you know? And you become very self-absorbed because you're trying to survive, right? And my husband looked at me one day and he said, and you know my husband, so <laughs> like, you know, the, the chemical engineer, very calculated and stoic, he looks at me and he says, then stop complaining about it and start fighting. And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> so it is because you can kind of take on this without meaning to. It's kind of right. this woe is me right. attitude, right. which is a victim mentality. And I yeah. fell into that trap and he kind of jolted me right out of it and was like, no, stop being a victim, take control and you fight. And that's the same thing that we did when we had COVID. It was like, uh-oh, you know, things, we, like I said, our minds started spiraling down this abyss of worry. And it didn't help that we had friends that would say, oh, now you're at this level. Now your brain's probably inflamed because you're on day such and such. And I was like, stop telling me that. Like, that's your limiting belief. Like, don't put that on me, you know? So we had to shut all that out, turn off the news and mm -hmm. literally just say, this is just a common cold. We're going to fight it, you know, like we would a common cold. It's not a big deal. And wow, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, so I, I'm not sure that you're, I mean, anyone can interpret your comment the way they want, but for me, that's a fighter's mentality. Uh -huh. that's yeah. a, I'm not going down, you know, like I'm not afraid. I'm gonna fight mm -hmm. this thing till the end and I'm gonna beat it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I did the same thing. I didn't wanna have COVID in the winter, right? I, I projected it out there. I was like, okay, we're gonna get it at some point. If we happen to have symptoms from it, you know, that's another question. But if we do, I want it in the summer, right? When historically your vitamin D levels are higher and whatnot. And that's exactly what happened, right? I got exactly what I projected out there. We got it on July 4th. So <laughs> talk about a different kind of fight for freedom, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. But okay, so I know we're kind of running out of time and I wanna share what we did and share these studies with you. Mm -hmm. um, so we each presented with different symptoms. And so we each had different remedies, right? We all had the same symptom of fatigue, but other than that, our symptoms were, um, were varied. Uh, I'll start with my children because they were the least affected. So at the time I had an 11 year old and a seven year old, they both had minimal symptoms. It was fatigue and fever. Um, and so we tracked the fever diligently um, but we did not suppress it, right? Because the fever is helping the body to detoxify it. Um, kind of how I say to my boys, it melts your structured water so you can release toxins, right? So we made sure they were well hydrated. Um, and we applied cold rags to, you know, the forehead, the neck, and we provided a lot of emotional support, like soothing words and physical touch, like rocking them, holding them, things like that. Um, for them, the fever only persisted a few hours and fatigue was the remaining symptom. They, they rested on and off for about a week. And that whole time they were consuming nutrient dense meals, you know, that were um, prepared with organically grown and raised ingredients. And we supplemented them with vitamin C um, every day. And they both fully recovered um, in, a, in about a week. Now my daughter, she was 10 at the time, 10 months old at the time. She actually didn't present with any symptoms whatsoever, but I did supplement her with um, an organic acerola powder um, to boost her vitamin C intake, but I didn't actually change anything else. She just continued on with her normal foods that, that she consumes. So then there was my husband and myself. So I'll start with me because he got it the worst. Okay. So we had to do more remedies for him. So um, both of us started with fatigue. Uh, much more extreme than what our children had experienced. And it just hit us like a ton of bricks. It was like, we were fine one day, one moment. And the next moment I was like, I got to lay on the ground. Like I was hard to even keep my eyes open. It was, it was crazy how fast it hit us. Um, so when that happened, we immediately began following this, um, the healing protocol that I'm going to, that I'm going to share now. So we took, um, 
supplements um, every day. We took uh, vitamin C, uh, a high dose vitamin D, methylated B vitamins, zinc, turmeric, which turmeric was a miracle for us, right? That's, a, that's one of the strongest anti-inflammatories that we know of. It's also a blood thinner. So we took turmeric every day. We also took some um, herbal supplements, uh, black elderberry extract, echinacea, uh, and, and a, few, a few others. And, um, and I'll put a link to this article so people can, you know, if they want to, they can look at the exact protocol. Um, so we, we did take those. And again, the quantity and the frequency was based on tapping into my intuition. Um, another supplement, I didn't have this on hand or I would have taken it, but I wanted to mention it. It's called um, acetylcysteine. This is usually in my medicine cabinet. I just didn't have it. So had I got COVID again, uh, or if I did it all over again, I would have this in my medicine cabinet. Um, so it's, it's N-acetylcysteine. It's actually a precursor for glutathione, which is one of the most powerful antioxidants that we know of. And there's actually some studies. I'll put links to these, um, these two studies here that are... Um, about how N-acetylcysteine can be used to combat COVID-19. Um, and both of these are providing um, um, evidence-based reviews on whether or not N-acetylcysteine is effective. And basically the conclusion is that it is. From the study, it says this, um, N-acetylcysteine has antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and immune modulating characteristics that may prove to be beneficial in the treatment and prevention of COVID-19. So a couple things that N-acetylcysteine actually does, uh, well, that we think it does according to this research, it can actually um, interfere with the viral replication. So it can actually stop the virus from replicating, which is you know, obviously the goal. Um, it also can help suppress the expression of pro-inflammatory pro cytokines um, in the cells that have been affected with the virus. So this is very important because, you know, we talk about the cytokine storm. That's the huge concern of people who have COVID-19 is the damaging effects of the cytokine storm. And here we are seeing evidence that acetylcysteine can actually suppress that cytokine storm. They're actually showing in some of the studies that it decreases mortality rate in um, influenza infected mice. Um, it can also loosen, you know, the mucus um, that gets stuck in the lungs. It can also loosen that and help to um, get that eliminated from the body. So um, there's a lot of things that N-acetylcysteine does. Again, if I had it on hand, that would have been one of my top supplements to take. Well, another thing that we did was we used essential oils. You know, th these are definitely in my medicine cabinet along with so I have supplements in my medicine cabinet, which I prefer not to use. That's kind of usually my last line of defense. I like the more natural approach. I also, I, I go for essential oils and um, herbals. So some of the essential oils that I used um, were melaleuca and I, I diluted it and I rubbed it on our lymph nodes. We also used diluted peppermint oil. We put it under our nose to help clear our sinuses. Um, and I, I also did nasal rinses with salt water um, when needed for congestion. Um, and we could have, a, at some point, I'd love to have a whole show on salt and talk about the benefits of that because salt's got a bad rap. But, um, you know, salt has been shown to do lots of things um, like drawing fluid out of inflamed tissues to decrease swelling, breaking down mucus, and even actually destroying um, viruses. So, um, and I'll get more into salt in just a minute too. But as far as the essential oils, I'm going to, link a study here that I'll just read part of the um, part of the abstract to you. It says essential oils have long been known to have anti-inflammatory, immunomodulatory, bronchiodilatory, and antiviral properties and are being proposed to have activity against COVID, um, the COVID virus. Owing to their lipophilic nature, essential oils are advocated to penetrate viral membranes easily, leading to membrane disruption. They also contain multiple active phytochemicals that can act synergistically on multiple stages of viral replication and also induce positive effects on host respiratory system, including bronchodilation and mucus lysis. So the, the fantastic part about essential oils is that as they're saying, they can actually break open 
that um, lipid membrane that usually covers a virus and actually go directly into that encapsulated space and stop, for instance, viral replication. So these are ancient um, remedies mm -hmm. that are being shown to, to help with modern day sicknesses. Uh, and they go on to say, numerous researchers have studied the antibacterial, antifungal, antioxidant, and antiviral properties of essential oils. The essential oils have been found to be active against a wide variety of viruses, including influenza, herpes, HIV, yellow fever, and avian influenza. Um, and then if you're interested in this, in this particular study, they go through specific oils and talk about um, how they're working, like the mechanism of action, which ones are most effective for which different conditions. So I'll just share one as to not drone on about it. One is eucalyptus oil. Um, it is reported in vitro to have antiviral activities against various strains of the mumps virus um, and herpes and influenza A. Um, it's been shown to inhibit viral replication um, and also to reduce the release of pro-inflammatory cytokines. So again, this is a cytokine storm we talked about. It's going to dampen the cytokine storm and it's also going to break down mucus and and um, dilate or open up um, the bronchial tubes. So uh, their, their conclusion is that preclinical and clinical trials point toward, point toward the promising therapeutic potential that resides in eucalyptus oil and its active constituents in the prevention and treatment of COVID-19. So that's another positive thing is that we have researchers that um, you know, we have researchers and we have peer-reviewed credible scientific journals that are willing to publish data on scientists who are looking for alternative treatments, you know, these more natural remedies. Uh, okay, question on that or you want to oh, move you on? Didn't, so you didn't, you didn't take hydroxychloroquine? Oh, no. <laughs> and I don't judge anybody who wants to do that. No. We all have to no. find our own path. But my protocol is, is based on foods right. as medicine and nat and as natural as possible of uh, remedies as I could find. Yeah. So you know, you know what, what strikes me, what strikes me with what you're talking about, Cena, is is um is is the the you, you have to get serious about this. Um you know it's not it's not just on a whim and, and in our convenience culture, um, what you're describing, it sounds really inconvenient to me. I mean, <laughs> you, you've got to, you've got to stock this medicine chest. You've got to, you've got to have this kind of a index of, of all these different things and what they can do and what you can take here and there and the other thing. And, um, and it's, it, it's really inconvenient. And, um, and, and so, I, I, I'm struck by the, um, you know, again, the, the proactive thing, but, but, but the, the comprehensiveness, the comprehensiveness of the view to look at it on a spiritual, emotional, physical, biological level, uh, all of, all of those levels and, and take a, a very, um, uh, a very eclectic approach as opposed to the, the convenient, you know, silver bullet, Ivamec, uh, hydroxychloroquine, or, or, you know, or whatever, the mRNA, uh, if, if that's what you believe in. Um, the, the, it, it just, I just want to make the point that it strikes me that, um, that if you're actually going to live a, a, a with, with complete authenticity, authenticity Authenticity is often not convenient. Che cheating is convenient. Cheating is quick. Cheating, cheating is easy. And if you're not going to cheat, if you're not going to cheat, you know, the whole, the whole system, holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T, you know, if you're not going to cheat the holistic system. You have to take a holistic approach and a holistic approach means you, you got to know, you got to know a little bit about a lot of things. And, uh, and, and and, and it's and it's helpful to know a little bit a lot about a lot of things, so um, so you know take the take the uh, 
the, the time you spend on video games and Netflix, you know, I, I never can get out of my mind that right now in America, the average American male between 25 and 35 spends 20 hours a week uh, playing video games. That, that right now, that's the statistic. And, and, and so, so what you're describing, you know, if you, if you spent one month taking video game and TV and Netflix time and immersed yourself in, in trying to digest, understand, and, 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 and delve into the kind of thing that, that you're talking about, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're set up for the rest of your life, you know, in a lot of ways. That, that's, that's really all it takes. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a, a big learning curve up front. Mm. But then once you know it, you know it, right? And you don't have to memorize all of it. Like I write down things, like I use this oil for this. And there's guides you can get that will sure. tell you. A and lot. so, yeah. And so I, for me, it was like, I didn't know all of this all at once. But um, what happened was, you know, and I keep hearkening back to when I got really sick, because that's when things changed for me. Right. And I decided I didn't want to deal with side effects from medications or acute or long-term side effects, for instance. Um, and I really put my faith in my own body to heal mm -hmm. itself. And I put my faith in God that mm -hmm. he gave us everything that we need to heal. And mm -hmm. that's just, that's not just, you know, whole foods that are grown without chemicals and GMOs and stuff. That's also the herbs that he grows for us that a lot of people spray and call them weeds, right? Well, and I used to do that too. So I had to learn, you know, so it's utilizing all of his medications, you know, all of that. I mean, there's a medicine cabinet out in my backyard that, you know, right. that would otherwise be dead if I didn't realize it right from spraying. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But it's also learning how to utilize your own body. So learning how to move stuck energy through your body like we talked about learning how to tap into that intuition these are all tools in mm -hmm. your toolkit that that god's giving you um and in, a lot of them are free for you to utilize we right. just don't know how and i think that or some of us don't know how we have to learn and i think that this is one of the consequences of you know especially over the last like 100 150 years of being more disconnected from our food supply and disconnected from more of a tribal sense of community because these were skills that people knew at one point, right? Before pharmaceuticals, right. what did we use, right? We, we used right. herbal remedies and they were quite effective. And, yeah. um, but we have not passed down this knowledge, right? It's just like energy medicine. Ancients used it all the time, right? Energy healers, that's an ancient thing and it's highly effective. We kind of think of it as quackery now. It's fallen out of favor. It has not right. been passed down to the generations. Well, it's because you can't you can't slap a label on it. If you can slap a label on it, then you can sell it. And you can't make money on it. Yeah, that's right. If <laughs> you can't slap a label on it, you can't patent it, so you can't sell it to whatever. All right. So bring us bring us to Donnie now. How'd you get along with Donnie? Okay. So um, okay, and, and I'll just do a couple other tidbits, and then I'll go over to Donnie because he had it okay. worse. So um, of course, we ate the nutrient dense foods the whole time we were sick, and the way the way we're able to do that is because I stockpile them. I make nutrient dense meals in advance, and I freeze them. Right. So I already have this ready made frozen dinners, if you will, but they're healthy. And so um, we keep those in the freezer in case we need them, like if we're sick or say, you know, we're, we know we're not going to have time to make dinner that day. We prioritize something else. So we had food already in the freezer. A couple interesting things that happened with both myself and Donnie in terms of more a food thing is that we both craved salt, lots and lots of salt. And that was interesting because we already liberally salt our food, you know, not with common table salt, of course, we're talking like real salt and like Himalayan salt, you know? Mm -hmm. So we wanted more. It's like, we could not get enough salt. In fact, if I put that much salt on my food today, I would not be able to eat it. Like that's how much salt we were eating. Um, and again, I already talked about some of the healing benefits of salt. One thing I craved uncontrollably was onions, raw <laughs> onions. My body wanted at least one raw onion a day, like every day. And um, what was interesting about that is that I actually didn't realize it at the time. I, I looked it up later. Some scientists have actually proposed onions 
as an early treatment for COVID-19. Um, I have a study I'll link to that as well. Um, due to the onion's anti-inflammatory, anti-thrombotic, and antiviral effects. So anti-thrombotic meaning it can decrease the formation of, of blood clots. So I didn't even know that at the time, but because I was tapped into my intuition, my body was saying onion, 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 like every day, raw onion. So that really helped my recovery. My husband refused to eat the onions. He won't eat onions. So to this day, I'm like, you should have eaten the onions. Like, <laughs> but you know, we, we don't know that that's anecdotal. Um, we also, we also drank, um, well, I drank lots of herbal teas. Um, again, you know, tapped into intuition for this. The ones my body wanted were dandelion root, burdock root, stinging nettle, um, and lemon. Um, and actually, um, a new article just came out about how licorice, licorice may inhibit the replication of COVID. So there's another possible natural remedy to help in, you know, if you get infected with COVID. Um, we also drank lots of water, at least 70 ounces of clean structured water every day. And we rested a lot. We learned quickly that the fatigue went in cycles, right? You'd feel better. And then all of a sudden, bam, you, you'd, get, you'd get fatigued again. So we learned to only do the essentials during that time, you know, feed the baby, like, you know, things like that. We didn't do anything else. We gave ourselves time to heal and we moved every day and I'll, I'll, um, I'll integrate that into what I'm talking about, Donnie's protocol. Um, so let me wrap up mine by saying in about two weeks, I felt roughly 90% recovered. All right. It took about two weeks. I was back to my daily routine. I suffered from periodic episodes though, of decreased energy and mild brain fog. And both of those are symptoms of long COVID, right. Or COVID long haulers. So I had to figure out the final missing piece of my puzzle, you know, and so I can recover the whole hundred percent. And any guesses on what it was? Uh, I have no idea, no idea. It was fasting. I fasted for 24 hours and everything changed. Like all I drank was tons of water. Everything changed. I felt amazing. I felt better than I did before I got COVID. Like it was remarkable. I mean, I, I, my energy was through the roof. My mind was razor sharp. Um, since then, it's now it's been six months. I've had no symptoms, no long haul symptoms at all, no residual effects at all. And what's fascinating about that, um, and if we have time, I want to go into this because it, it, it's really fascinating. We might have to do it in another episode, but there's now scientists coming out and supporting a role for fasting for the prevention and treatment of COVID-19. So again, if we have time, I want to get into that now, but um, let's go to my husband's first so my husband, he needed additional intervention. Um, he, like beyond that protocol that I just laid out for you, we knew he was probably gonna be affected the most because he has a genetic susceptibility for respiratory disease. Um, and so, and I don't have that. So when he got COVID, he developed this really deep cough and he got fluid in his lungs, all right? Um, for two days, the cough was so bad that he would almost vomit because like it was so deep. And I knew that a COVID infection can actually turn serious pretty quickly. So I tracked the cough really diligently. And at one point I set the timer and I said, okay, if this hasn't turned the corner in 24 hours, I'm going to try to, we may actually have to take him into the hospital. You know, maybe we, we were trying not to have to do that. Um, so we did three key things, um, added three things to his healing protocol and it worked. So three times a day, we had him breathe in natural medicines. So I sliced up the red onion, right? Remember, because he wouldn't eat it. So I sliced up the red onion and I placed it in a pot with um, clean structured water and I brought it to a low boil. And then I would add a couple drops of essential oils. Okay, whatever my intuition was telling me he needed for the essential oil, it was usually melaleuca for him or tea tree oil. So then once the water was at a low boil, we put a towel over his head. He leaned over the pot and he would, he would breathe in the steam for about three to five minutes. And we did that at least three times a day. Then also throughout the day and all night, we put garlic on the bottom of his feet. So what I would do is I would slice the garlic in half and I would put a little bit of like um, olive oil 
or a, a coconut oil um, on that sliced part of the garlic. And I taped it with painter's tape to the bottom of his feet. Now I know that that might sound kind of woo woo, <laughs> but I kid you not. There are now scientific studies showing that garlic can help fight COVID. It's, uh, it's been proposed to prevent the virus from actually entering the cells. And it's been proposed to activate antioxidant pathways within your body to help fight off the infection. And then the American um, Chemical Society um, set has shown that if you put, if you take the garlic and you put it on your skin, it can actually absorb through your skin. Like the primary healing compounds can absorb through your skin, enter your bloodstream and travel to different parts of your body, including your mouth, your lungs, and your nose. So that's why I put it on the bottom of his feet because he won't take garlic either, right? He's very particular about what he'll eat and take. No onion, no garlic. So I had to get around it, right? Breathe in the onion and absorb the garlic through your skin. Um, and it worked. The i telling you, my intuition had told me that the garlic was really the key. You know, the onions helped, but the garlic was the key. And when I put garlic on the bottom of my feet, I can actually taste it in my mouth. So I know this works. The third thing that we did that really helped him is during the day, we never let him lay flat. Never. We always made sure that if he wanted to rest, he was propped up using pillows. And even though both of us were totally exhausted at various times, we made sure that we moved our bodies. You know, even if it was just encouraging each other to get up and walk around the house, like do one little lap in the living room, we made sure that we constantly moved our lymph fluid, right? Because your lymph fluid is like the garbage collectors. It's helping to remove the toxins. You need to keep that moving. So we constantly made sure that we had some kind of movement going on in our bodies. Um, it was hard. We did not want to do it. But we worked as a team, like you said, like fighters, right? We helped to encourage each other to keep moving. And to this day, I think that that movement is key. After we started moving our bodies, maybe two to three minutes into it, we always felt better. Always. Now, and there was a balance. This is the last thing I'll add. There was a balance between overdoing it, right? We just moved enough to get the lymph fluids going, and then we rested. So we, it was difficult to achieve that balance, but but- in total, using these natural remedies, tapping into the intuition to, to modify it, we all fully recovered from COVID. It took my husband and I about two and a half weeks, but we've all fully recovered. It's been six months. Nobody's had any complications or symptoms since. You know, um, my my take on that, that's just such a fascinating thing, this movement thing, because again, when you think about how people react to sickness, it's go to bed and stay in bed. You know, yeah. it, 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 it go to bed, lie flat. When I, and, and um, I know that I, I've been blessed with, I've just, I just almost never get, I mean, I just don't get sick. Um, I mean, for, for, for decades, right. I mean, I just, just don't. Um, but the couple of times when I have been sick, I had the flu one time, you know, like 30 years ago. And uh, it, when I remember back the couple of times when I have been, you know, sick, um, what really, I don't know what gets me over it. It seems like is when I finally say, okay, you know what? I've laid around, I've, I've laid around here long enough. Um, I need to get up and get out, I need to get out and, and, and get doing something. Um, I don't feel like it, but I need to get out and do something. And then suddenly guess what? You know, it's, it's like you're getting up and moving around. <laughs> It's like the best thing you can do, but it's the thing that you don't want to do, you know, when you feel bad. Yeah. And so I'm thinking about people that go to the hospital, people that, uh, you know, that, that, that are sick in bed and they're, Oh, just lie there, honey, just lie there, honey. You know, I'll take care of you. And, and, and you know, intuitively what you're saying absolutely makes sense. And I look back on a few times that I've been sick and I know you're exactly right. And yet I'm thinking about our listeners and how, how seemingly what uh, a, a counterintuitive, but a, a counterculturally, counterculturally, yes. this idea yeah. of, of, look, Aunt Matilda, you know, get up and move around once an hour, walk around the kitchen. Now you can go and, and sit down again, you know, and um, that's, 
it, it just goes against the you know the the bedridden the bedridden part of this. Um, the the lie flat is amazing to me. Um, in other words, it's better to sit in a recliner chair. You're saying. Yeah, we made sure he was always propped up. You know, kind of reminds me of like the time period of the founding fathers, right? They they didn't mm -hmm. lay flat in their beds, right? They're afraid they would get sickness from it. Um, there is some wisdom in that, even though we look, some of us look back and we're like, that's crazy, right? Like, have you been to Monticello and seen Jefferson's bed? Right, it's, right. It's short, you're like, how does he fit there? Because they prop yeah, yeah. themselves up. So mm -hmm. it was the same thing. He's, we sat him up in a recliner, um, but he didn't recline back in it, right? We tried to get him to sit up as much as mm -hmm. possible, a little bit lean back so that he could do more belly breathing, right? To make sure he got ample oxygen in there. But, um, and let me make a distinction. So I'm not saying get up and start exercising. Like we think right, of right. exercise, no, I'm, I'm, like don't go it. for a jog or start lifting weights right. or whatever. I'm mm -hmm. saying that you have to find a balance it's not good to be totally sedentary when you're sick, right? Any kind of sickness, but you want to also rest, right? Make sure you have ample rest and then make sure you move your body at least in a walking mentality. You know, you can get up and walk around your house. So what we would do is because it went in waves, not only per day, but like, you know, amongst several days you were in waves, but within one day you went in waves. So there were some times when you felt a little less tired. It's those times that we utilize and we're like, okay, don't overdo it. But today I'm going to start with a couple laps in the house, you know, and then next time, if you listen to my body, if it can do it, I'm going to try to do double that, you know? And so you're really playing this balancing game by tapping into your intuition at the same time, but you're not allowing yourself to just, you know, be a couch potato because that's not uh, going to help. Yeah. I'm, I'm just grinning because I can't imagine being sick in a house with two PhDs. I mean, that just <laughs> sounds like, that just sounds like, uh, like a research project. But, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it is, you know, and that's kind of the fun part about it. Like it, it can be scary if you're not used to, experimenting with things and trusting yourself, right. trusting intuition, sure. but it's mm -hmm. also very exciting and liberating, right? Talk about yes. having freedom. So you start to build trust in yourself when, once you're, mm -hmm. once you can first hear your body say something that it needs and you give it to it and the body responds and you're like, I can do this. Right. Um, so yeah, it is our house every day is one big experiment, right. <laughs> As we're constantly learning, constantly trying new things and just yeah. like the onions and the garlic, I was like, how am I going to get that into his body? So, you know, I just started experimenting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And that, that's it's never a dull that, moment here. <laughs> that, that, that's why you're the precipitate in the bottom of the beaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay, well, we're about we're about out of time. Anything else you want to add? This, this has been fascinating, Cena. I really appreciate. I think, I think the um, just the, the the can do the can do the emotional part, the mental part, uh, um, and, and then and then to and then to wrap up, you know, the, the physical elements to it uh, to actually look. There aren't very many people who have gone to this. Uh, whatever effort, I'll just say to this effort um, to to beat this thing, um, you know, with such a a a, a systematic uh, with such a good battle plan, and um, I I think what you've given us here is really a lot of food for thought um, in not just for COVID, but how we confront um, how we confront sickness and. Um, and it's, it's, thank you. It's really been, uh, really been profound. It's really great. Oh, well, thanks. Well, it was my pleasure. And again, I, I hope people just use it as encouragement, right? Yeah. As this is possible. And if, if you're far removed from being LG, your own protocol, that's okay too. That's why we have people like me and others who, yes. who, who this is our passion. Right. Researching, finding these studies, figuring out what's effective or not. That's our passion. So it's OK if, if that's not your passion or not your strength. You don't have to be everything. Just, you know, use your intuition as you're reading um, other people's protocols and figure out what you listen to your body and it will tell you what's right for you. Um, so, no, I love sharing these kinds of things. I would love for us to do an episode on fasting um, mm -hmm. with just 
in, with encompassing all types of diseases, not just COVID. So people yeah. can really understand the, the power of that, of that free tool. It will save you money because you're not eating. Right. 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 <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge believer in that and think that we don't, we don't do it nearly enough. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. And, and you know, you've got everything from, you know, really planned long fasting to intermittent fasting. To, you know, there's all sorts of all sorts of nuances. But right now, I think we got to let our people go and, uh, and, and, and free our people from us. And so thank, thank you all. Thank you all for listening uh, to, to, um, to Sina's description here of her family's protocol. And uh, congratulations on being successful at kicking COVID in the butt, Sina, uh, for your family. I congratulate you. And I know everybody listening uh, does the same. And thank you for, for sharing the, the, the story. That's it for today, and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye.